everyone, welcome back to a new season of Freelance Creative Exchange. I'm your host, Jace. Over the years, we have met many Singaporean creatives who have actually headed overseas to actually hone their craft and pursue their goal. So in this um, in this new series, we actually explore, um, you know, and speak to more Singaporeans who are actually currently overseas, right, to learn more about how they start up and actually build their career um, away from Singapore. So very ha- happy, and it's really our pleasure today to be on a call with Perry, who is currently based in Sydney. Perry, would you like to say hi? Uh, hey everyone, uh, it's great to be here. I hope you guys are doing well. And have a good year. Yeah, I hope you are yeah. doing well too. Yeah, so um, <laughs> Perry is actually an award-winning director, motion graphic designer, as well as a content producer with a passion for creating compelling visual, compelling visual content that informs, engage, as well as, of course, influence audience. So he currently works at Nine News in Australia, conceptualizing and producing motion graphics that support and enhance the daily news updates on NICE core broadcast program. So his latest work, um, the science fiction film Afterlife, right, which I'm sure a lot of our audience would probably be familiar with, has Don't been selected. <laughs> <laughs> if not, go watch it. Yes, exactly. If not, please go and look for it, yeah. right? It's still on um, you know, social it, media on, on yeah. stories. Yeah, it's on yeah. all social media platforms. Yeah. Right. So um and Afterlife has been selected for six film festivals around the world since um, the early release in 2020, mm-hmm. right? And congratulations for all the acrylics thanks. that you have got, despite a very tough year ahead. It is. <laughs> but uh, yeah. thanks. Uh, it, it, couldn't have done it without, like, the sto- with, without the stories team support. The infrastructure there really helped us like push it over the line. So I'm uh, re- really grateful for that. And I'm really happy how it turns out for uh, that the audience are showing so much love for the film as well and are really passionate about it. So it's good. Yeah. 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 So what are the yeah. current projects that you're working on at the moment? Yeah, uh, currently I work at Nine News. So uh, as mentioned, so I'm constantly working on like the latest breaking stories every day If when, when I start my shift. Uh, things that I covered so far, I mean, in 2020, there's so many things that happened in 2020. They're almost like part of, for, for better and for worse because there are things where it's like, uh, tragedies that happen like the, when you update a coronavirus like uh, the death toll it just look it's it's just bad it's just awful but it's something that we have to get out get the information we have to get it out there so that as many people will be informed about how things are going around the world and uh, we did uh, also we did cover early early on in 2020 we did cover about the bushfires in Australia that was a thing as well uh, that we, we we worked on that so every day I'll I'll be doing things like these, like uh, breaking news stories, where we'll do graphics for 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 the days uh for, for the days six p.m. news and the Today Show. Uh, yeah. In terms of like yeah, so it's it's interesting. It's very fast paced. Uh, it's a news environment, so it's very very fast paced. Everything is like on a curve, on a very very steep curve. But I enjoy it. I uh, it's it's very intense, but I enjoy it and it's pretty rewarding for me. Uh, in terms of like side projects, uh, what what I'm currently working on is uh, I'm working with this Italian vaporwave musician uh, named AV Zero on motion graphics and animations for his latest album. So I'm doing these uh, motion graphics for his vaporwave. It, vaporwave is a music genre where it's very it's very it's very nostalgic. 
So it is something that uh, I, I enjoy exploring. If you look at my Instagram page, it's all it's all about nostalgia. It's about synthwave. It's about it's about uh, the eighties. I love the eighties, like a lot of people do. So I, I do graphics around those lines. And I, I began working with uh, this Italian musician. His name is AV Zero, and uh, he's he got his. He's about to release his latest album, and he wanted like I, I enjoy collaborating with him when it comes to like uh, motion graphics and animations for his latest album. So to to supplement his album release when he releases it on YouTube, so that's what I've been doing. And additionally, in terms of like script, uh, in terms of like films, I'm in terms of films, I'm still writing scripts. I mean, I would love obviously to get back to the director's chair and to work on another film. But I'm still refining the process and and the narrative. I just want to make sure that if I make another film, it uh it, it is something that I want to make before I actually go about doing it, and I have to do it well as usual. Yeah. Right, right. Well, it sounds like a lot of things on your plate, right? I mean, other than <laughs> the very you know hectic time, I'm sure you know in yeah. the newsroom, and then on top of yeah. that, you're having your side hustle, side project as well. Mm. Yeah. So, so what made you move to Sydney then in the first place? I think um, I was lucky in a sense because after NS, uh, I actually knew what I wanted to be. Not many people coming out of NS knows what they want to be. Uh, I was lucky in that sense that I already knew, okay, this is what I want to do. Uh, what This is what I want to do. I want to be a filmmaker. Uh, and in, to do so, I had to learn how to be a filmmaker. And so I decided to move to Sydney. And my move to Sydney was predicated on that, on that whole decision. Like, okay, I want to learn how to be a filmmaker. And um, so I, I, I was enrolled at Macquarie University, which uh, had a strong media program. So mm. I just joined that one and started learning uh, because I felt that, look, um, it's just why I moved to Sydney, I mean, compared to staying in Singapore, I think I can't say what is it like um, in terms of like opportunities in Singapore and in terms of like learning what type of films to make. But I was, because since I haven't worked there since like 2012, since I left, uh, except for when I came back for after, yeah. right, that, was, that was like, the, that, was, that was in 2020. Yeah, that, that was like the first time in, I think, almost six to seven years where I actually uh, started working in Singapore again. So I'm not too sure how things have changed, but I will say this, I will say this. The films that I've made so far, I would never have been able to make them in Singapore if, uh, and my career would have turned out differently. Because my first film wasn't like a family drama or it wasn't like a uh, like an art house film or uh, it wasn't something that was traditionally what you would expect from uh, if I if I work in Singapore, if I studied in Singapore and learned in Singapore. My first film was a real life superhero documentary about an actual superhero who patrols Sydney. Like that's a true story. Someone actually dresses up as a superhero and in body armor and goes out to patrol. I mean, that's a story that doesn't happen in Singapore at all. So and 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 so that was literally my first film. So I I won't think I think my career would have gone on differently. And after that, I started obviously I made Tony the science fiction thriller. And after that, I made Afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um. So I I don't think if had I stayed in Singapore, I won't say it would be bad. I would just say that the opportunities that I get will be very different, and I'll be making a different type of film. 
films and different series of films. That that that's how I put it. Do you yeah. think it has to do a lot with the culture? You know, with the people, with the mindset. In that sense, um, that caused the difference. Um, in your career roadmap, if you would have started in Singapore instead of Sydney. What what do you think is the main um, differentiating factors, right? That actually cause um, the difference path that you will be taking, right, between yeah. Singapore and Sydney. I think I think it really depends on what sort of uh, because I was taught very. I I can't speak for the Singaporean way of how things have been taught because mm. I I've never studied there. I studied in Australia. Uh, when I studied in Australia, they would um, they obviously teach you this, the basics of cinematic language about film, and then after that, they teach you to teach you the technical stuff, which I'm pretty sure Singaporeans do. I think in terms, as you said, it's the culture. I would say the difference would be, it's just we we don't do a lot of genre films, and we don't exactly like science fiction, like horror, like action. Yeah, because I think um you know I I certainly do agree. Right, um, yeah. that uh, you know, um, the the path will be different, right? Um, yeah. But I, I'm just wondering, right? Is yeah. it because um, is it the lack of creativity here, right, or the yeah. the lack of risk-taking part, you know, um, that you know, oh, yeah. always, you know, that that that. Yeah, okay, okay, I get it now. Yeah. Yeah, but but again, you know, like we can't say yeah. that we lack creativity because we have filmmakers no, like you. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, I mean, for the longest time, everyone else, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. for the longest uh, time, I guess um, Singapore has always been trying to, how should I say, to plug this gap, right? Because yeah. you know, as all, uh, I would say, uh, first world countries, right? Yeah. Uh, like China, like the US, and even. India, right? Um, yeah. Bollywood. They all have a very successful film career, yeah. and having a, a sorry successful film industry, having a successful industry, film yeah. industry actually kind of help, right, to portray, you know, yeah. kind of like the image, right, or um, you know, kind of uh, uh speak more about the culture of a specific place, right. Okay. So in that sense, um, but but we hasn't been very successful in a way, yeah. right, in terms of you know, uh, clearly having our own niche. Right in the global filmmaking scene, so okay. you know, I mean, I'm always asking myself, what is the difference, right? Um, yeah. Because we okay, do see the difference. <laughs> we, we do see yeah. the difference in filmmakers, yes, yes. right? Those that are based here and those that yeah. actually currently based overseas, yeah. right? So, what caused the change, I and whether is it something that we can replicate in Singapore? It really depends. Uh, I won't say we are not creative. I mean, we have a lot of creative people. That's mm. It's just how we have. A lot of people are creative. I mean, the the actors, the cast, the crew. Everyone knows what they are doing. That's the thing. That's the beautiful, beautiful part of it. Everyone seems to know what they are doing. I think when it came to something such as risk taking, I think that's the thing. Um, when it comes to risk taking, I think we. It's not just risk. I also think that the the idea of failure is very different within what the Australians. I mean, like what West. Westerners would think, or or someone overseas, like say from China or India, and mm. compared to what failure is in Singapore, I think um, to to most Australians, and I, I can't speak for everyone to be honest, but I would say from what I've seen, failure is a learning experience, and it's really nice. I mean, we are a smaller industry; we have to understand this. So the amount of risk we can take is also 
scaled towards that so we can take less risk because we are a smaller industry and because of that we if we fail it's usually seen as a black mark or or, or on on one's character or one's career then an actual learning experience is like oh, okay you, you already done this before you cannot do it mm. so what, what's the point uh so what, why i should find you again you know it's it's just that compared to say okay look this is a learning experience you failed it's tough but we have to keep going we have to keep going so how is it like to be a singaporean you know starting out in a foreign countries for you then right that's like eight years ago right how is yeah. it like when you're starting out then and how do you actually land your first job in sydney uh, oh yeah it was tough <laughs> It was very tough. I'm gonna be on. I'm not gonna lie on this. It, it was very, very tough. Um, it uh, it was very tough. It was tough finding jobs because at the time I was on a student visa, so my student visa status at the time allowed a limited working hours. You you weren't allowed to work full time. You only allowed to work part time. So you are only allowed to work part time. So that was that was the issue, and um. I had to intern and freelance a lot. So that, that was the thing. And I had to take up like odd jobs sometimes. I, I think there was one day where I was like, I was doing bricklaying or something. It was, <laughs> look, it, it, it paid money. <laughs> it was good money. So I was like, okay, I'll just, uh, I, was, I was a laborer for, for like a day or something. Uh, as laying, bricklaying or something. So it was okay. I, it, it just paid, it, it got me money. It got me ahead. And then after I interned somewhere else, like a, I interned at uh, I interned as a motion graphics designer because there was this short there was this feature film that needed a uh, 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 a motion graphics designer. They weren't paying, but they were interning someone. So I was like, okay, I'll just do this one. It was recommended. It was uh, opportunity that was recommended by my lecturer. Mm -hmm. So I I just took it like, oh yeah, sure. I mean, it's a feature film, a, a Australian sci-fi feature film. Whatever, you know, that, that, that sounds cool. I don't mind. It looks cool. It's good for the resume. So I did a motion graphics design. Uh, I just passed it to them. And I think after a couple of and, and I thought nothing of it because at the time it was just, it was just cool. I was just very happy to be in it, to be, to, to be credited as a, to do the graphics. And like two years later, I think one or two years later, the, the production designer who was managing that, that particular section of motion graphics that I was doing called, messaged me back, emailed me back and said, uh, hey, Perry, we are on Netflix. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, what, what, what do you mean we are on Netflix? I was like, yeah, we are, we are on Netflix. And then uh, we got just, I, I don't think, I'm not too sure if the film's on Netflix anymore, but I mean, it's still, at that time, it was on Netflix. This is amazing. I was like, so I was in, uh, my, my, I got, uh, I got credited in like this film that was on Netflix, which was, which I was really excited about. So I, I would say it was tough starting out, but you have to literally take every opportunity you have because you don't know where all the opportunities will go. Some of them will go nowhere, but every once in a while you get this opportunity that one or two years later pays off and you and and it's like, oh, this is amazing. We 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 uh we got somewhere. The, the film got on Netflix and uh, I got credit, it was amazing. Uh it, it was great, I was really happy and I was when I was studying at the same time it, because since it was tough, but I already knew that more or less there were things that in filmmaking and production that not many people would want to do, you know, like things like um, um, like motion graphics design. Not a lot of people likes doing like doing that. People like doing video editing, cinematography, you know, all the cool ones. Uh, apparently, motion graphics is not considered cool, uh, but 
I don't know. I might be wrong. But at that time, no one wanted to do it. So when it came to like the filmmaking, someone would make a film, then I would just edit the credits and do it in the, I'll animate the credits in like this very fanciful way and to make it more aesthetically pre pleasing rather than just like uh, Times New Roman and then the thing just scrolls up like that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I want to make it, I'll make cool motion graphics. So I just did that. And I just did all these, and I learned every level of production after that. And um, my first job in the sense, sense was um, was a video production officer. I, I worked for the university that I studied in. I worked there for, I think, a year or something. If I remember correctly, I'm, I'm not too sure anymore. <laughs> but yeah, it's around there. It's, it's, it's been a while. So I, what I did was uh, lesson tutorials and video interviews with lecturers for in-house corporate videos and marketing videos. So it's it's not it's not the latest Batman movie. <laughs> it's not like this very uh, bombastic thing, but it is very important. These are the sort of things that uh, the university needs, and at the same time, it is it also helped me improve my craft because I learned more about technical knowledge when it comes to like or how to mic mic someone up, how to work a green screen, how to shoot shoot with uh, in different times of the day. How to use different type of lenses and uh, how to um, how do you do motion graphics in a more efficient way? So no one gets to direct a big feature film right off the get go. So we all had to start small. So that that was what I did. I just took up every opportunity that was like was given because I I had no we had no choice. Like if you are out if you are an outsider, let's face it. This is this is the life for every, uh This is the life you you have to. You have to take out every opportunity that you have, and that's what that's what I did. So, how did actually um hide phase two comes about? Oh, uh, okay. So this this thing was uh th this is an initiative. This is a banner that I have that where I put all my projects on uh from here on up. Uh, it is I I what I did was after making the sci-fi thriller Tony, I decided I wanted to challenge myself more as a filmmaker. Uh, if Black Rat the the real life superhero documentary I did in 2016 was like the first step of my career. With Hype Phase 2, I intend to push myself creatively into uh, different genres, styles, and techniques. With Hype Phase 2, I started working more with like vaporwave artists on motion graphics, which was very rewarding creatively. And I also wanted to explore different genres. Like I shot and edited a music, a travel music video called Virtual Garden Hardwired which is a travel music video of my trip in Japan. Like, I, I just went to Japan, I just wanted to shoot stuff because I just want to explore the travel video genre because no, no, one, does, no one does that often. And usually when we do it, we do it in a, like a very cinematic way. I just want to do, do it like in a more uh, retro aesthetic type of look. And then, of course, the, after that, after I did this, um, there was like the two crown jewels, like so far of the of Fight Phase Two, which is the two science fiction stories I I, I did. It was just Tony and Afterlife. Uh, with both of them, uh, I wanted what I wanted to do was create a shared shared universe of genre films. You know, something like Black Mirror or like Twilight Zone, where I can constantly add stories in. Uh, Tony and Afterlife take place in the same universe. They they take place in a self-contained universe where both of them uh, both stories. I are part of this larger overarching story. And I want to continue adding to that. Like I want to add other different types of stories into this universe as well to make it as uh, diverse and detailed as possible. So yeah, that, that's how High Phase 2 came about. I just wanted to try new things and 
push what I can do with it. No, I think that's a very um, interesting way, right? It seems yep. to have, you know, um, given them like a persona, given them like a house that they belongs to and actually yeah. kind of set your vision, right? As yeah. a filmmaker, like what type of genre and what kind of, uh, I would say, stories that you're exploring. I'm just yeah. wondering, right? I mean, it's like um, you have a full-time job with Nine, yeah. right? And then someone is in news, right? And then on top yeah. of that, you have all these grand visions, Right of all the films <laughs> yeah. that you want to make. So how do you actually balance your time in that sense, right? Yeah. Uh, for me, it's. I I would say I, I, this is not. This is just my way of dealing with it. I think when you when want it bad enough, you will find the time to do it. Uh, personally, for me, but uh, uh, what my timetable usually is, is, I will go to work, come back home. If I'm tired, if it's like a three a.m. shift, I come home at around like twelve p.m. So once I come back around like 12 p.m., I'll either like rest a couple of hours, go to sleep because like I'm I'm way too brain dead to do anything else, and uh and then I'll I'll wake up, I do my do whatever uh side projects that I have, and then I'll go I'll write I'll continue writing the script that I have, then I'll go to sleep. Uh, that's how I usually balance my time. Uh, either that or if I become too tired, I make sure that because burnout is definitely an issue. I don't want to be burnout. So I would just take take breaks, you know. Sometimes I'll just go to the gym. You don't have to, you don't have to push yourself unless you you are ready for it. That's how I feel personally. Because there are times where I'm pretty sure people will be, people want to keep saying, "Oh, you have to hustle, you have to hustle." Yeah, but at the same time, you need time to to, to step back and and take a breather to soak it all in. Okay, where am, where am I going with this? Sometimes you have to do that. Yeah, and that's what I do. So how has it been since um, the release of Afterlife till now? Oh, <laughs> it's been uh, it's been I, I'm pretty happy. I'm I'm gonna be honest. It's uh, I think when when it came to Afterlife, I, I was very happy and uh, I'm very happy and grateful about like how it has helped me get a higher profile when it comes to Singapore. To be honest, I mean, bef- before. Uh, before I worked in because I've never worked in Singapore this is like literally I think my second my, my okay my first project in Singapore in a long while so I wasn't well known or I'm, I'm still not well known now but I mean I'm not that better well known now, better now. Yeah, yeah better, better now, now. Definitely. <laughs> I'm much I, I'm in a much better place in terms of my profile in Singapore because uh, after after it's released uh, we, we got a cinema world that's one that, that's that's pretty cool on, on cable. <laughs> Chris, the actor who was in cinema uh, of, in, in Afterlife, he was very excited about that. I mean, to be honest, I am too. I was like, we're on a cable TV show, and everyone is excited. My my Australian crew, the the uh, jazz who did the music, and um, the guy and uh, the production designer, the prop designer who designed the device, uh, David. <laughs> they were excited as well because they, they, they was like, this is amazing. So that's cool. Uh, they they're very excited. They were really happy, and um. Getting over 150k views over, overall in social media, I think that was really great. So I, I pretty much announced that, yeah, hey guys, I'm here to stay. <laughs> so I'm very happy with that. And internationally, I think we got, uh, that, that's for locally. I mean, I'm just happy that people now know that, okay, Perry, uh, this guy, he, he's, he, 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 can do what, he, he can do what he says he can do, like filmmaking. He can do filmmaking, definitely. Then internationally, I'm just happy we, uh, we, happy and really humbled to get uh, into a lot of like all these festivals 
um, a lot of sci-fi festivals. We've been playing a lot over there, and they are really happy with it. And uh, we got translated into Russian, which is very exciting. And it's it's very nice to see uh, someone all, literally in another part of the world just be excited for your film. And they say, oh, uh, uh, there was one I had to. Tra- I think Chris translated one of the one of the one of the YouTube comments on the Russian uh, on the Russian uh, on our Russian dub of our film of Afterlife. And one of the, one of them was uh, after watching the film, I went to hug my grandma. Like literally, that, that was one of the comments. I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" I'm th- thank you. You know, that that's it's just I'm just happy that it has an impact on people, and both Singapore and international fans have been really nice. Really, uh, they have really embraced the film, and uh, some even messaged me about theories on the film. You know, and what it means to them. Like, uh, is 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 it really the the mom? It was was the the final scene? You know, the final scene was that. Uh, was that really that? Was that a hologram or was that the real mom spirit? There, some of them were like coming out theories like this because the scene before that, he was looking at the, he was making eye contact and he was staring at the the, the praying altar for very long. So people were theorizing: okay, was this a spiritual thing or is this like a technology thing? Again? So they they were like, uh, they they were like they, they were sending me theories. So I'm very happy that it's been embraced and uh, I'm, I'm re- to be honest, I'm very happy with the support. That uh, stories have have shown for the film as well because they um, they, they they promote they promoted the work they helped us uh, grow the audience and that that really helped us. I think that's actually what we want to achieve with story as well. Really, uh, working hand in hand with the filmmakers, right? And I think I think. Yeah. One very important thing that you pointed out is really the impact of the stories, right? Yeah. Um, so I think uh, while, you know, filmmaking's media are sexy, but at the end of the day, I think we want to put it into good use, right? To, yeah. to, to hone our craft, right? So that it yeah. can actually bring about a change that we want to see in, yeah. in the world that we live in. Right, but yeah. you know, given the the successful receptions and all this, right? Is that something that you have you would have expected it, or you know, is it something I, that you you want the outcome to be like that, or actually it kind of differs slightly from you know the outcome that you have expect when you first you know conceptualize after life? Uh, for me, it was the by my how was it? My approach was always been uh, this is the same with Tony and uh, Black Red. Uh, my my approach was always been simple. It's like okay, we do this. After this, I'm gonna promote. I'm gonna make this film. I'm gonna send it over to festivals. And that has always been my. Uh, my my approach to things because I think films the films that I make I want people to see them I want the most the more people see them the more I can make an impact they can have different reactions they might love it they might hate it doesn't matter as long as it gets it in and people watch they uh they have they form their own opinion on it that I've I've done my job and um when it came to this I I wouldn't say I would expect success I'm not that. <laughs> I won't say that I would say, oh, this is totally what I had in mind. I, I was very surprised by the, by how people, I mean, in a good way, I'm definitely surprised in a way about how uh, we are, our film is accepted so well. And and that, that and it reached such a universal audience. It, was, it wasn't just like, just in Singapore. It was just globally, we, we reached everywhere. So I was, uh, I wouldn't say I would expect it. Um, I would say that I have, prepared to make sure that I will promote the film to, to the best of my ability and uh, to make sure that it gets to as wide an audience as possible. And I think that we have achieved that in, in a sense, and I'm very happy so, 
about it. And there's still a long way to go. I still got a lot of things planned out. So I'm yeah, sure you, yeah, I'm sure yeah. you have a lot more stories as well at the back of your <laughs> yeah. mind. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So having you know making short films in Singapore in Sydney, mm-hmm. you know, and and being part you know, of the filmmaking industries. How do you think uh, Singaporean stories can continue to stay authentic and still actually have um, international appeals like, you know, after life? Yeah, uh, I think it really depends on... That's a good question, actually. I think it really depends on the story itself. Some stories are very culturally culturally steep, uh, steep. So they are only produced and they only exist within the bubble, within the culture. And some of them can transcend boundaries. It really depends on what sort of stories uh, people would want to tell. I mean, it's all up to the filmmaker, I think. Uh, what works for me doesn't usually work for someone else. What works for someone else doesn't usually work for me. I think, where, but when it comes to, I would say when it comes to Singapore audiences, we there is a, there's a bit of a difference, I can tell, in the sense that uh, what people value for international audiences, I think they are more they value timelessness more versus how locals would value timeliness. What, what I mean is that uh, what do I mean by this is in, uh, they are more accepting of uh, when it comes to in global audiences, they are more accepting of like the timelessness of a film. That means it can take place in the past or in the far far future. They value the themes and ideas of a movie, of a film, such as um, of film genres such as science fiction, horror, action. That this is why they can strive because this this is um, they value what they they say, even though it isn't very timely. They, but this this approach uh, could lead to the film be, needing like years or even may, maybe decades to be appreciated. Like Blade Runner, that took like decades before the film was finished. Guys, this is a masterpiece. You know why? Why, why did we miss this up? So I think people, uh, international stu- uh, international audiences, tend to go for uh, timeliness more. They want things that are timeless, that are classical. But for Singapore audiences, I think we value timeliness more than timelessness. We want things that take place in present day, which is why John, when it comes to films and content that we create, we tend to gravitate towards comedy and drama. Where the contents, where the con- concerns and the anxieties always take place in real time, right now. The, the, uh, but the consequences, obviously, of this approach is that we might not this the, the the stuff that we create might not age well. They may be lame, may be boring in a couple of years or even months. There's nothing wrong. It's just that it's just there's this difference, lah. So what kind of advice do you have for your fellow Singaporean creative who is looking at to move abroad, you know, for 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 their I would say next career move, right? Oh, what are some yeah. of the advice that you have for them? Uh oh wow. I, I'm I'm not too sure if I'm the expert for this. Hopefully, hopefully I I my stuff, what whatever I say works for you guys. Um hopefully. <laughs> But uh, I'm I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is going okay. This is going to sound a bit cliche, but seriously, work your ass off and be prepared to fail a lot. Because believe me, I failed a lot. Uh, I'm, it's just the nature of the beast. You are starting from scratch, so don't expect instant results. It took for me personally. I mean, my personally, if you ask me, it took me a while. It took me like close to a decade to get to where I am. 
and I'm still learn, learning and honing my craft. It is not easy by any sense of the word, but it, it but is it worth it? I, I would say yes, personally for me. And uh, just work your ass off. Take every single opportunity that you have because, like, if if people don't want the opportunity, go and take it. Unless it's like obviously an exploitative opportunity, then don't do it. But just just take it, learn from it, learn how it goes because that's opportunities are are hard to come by, especially if you are if you are an outsider in a foreign land. I'm that that's always been the case for anyone. It's not just for for Singaporeans. This is for everyone, you know. And uh, oh yeah, and always negotiate your 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 salary. I mean, that's 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 very important. That I think that's that that's I mean, unless yeah, I always negotiate when it comes to, like freelance gigs, that sort of thing. Uh, that's I think that's very important. Yeah. Would you actually advise um you know someone to just pack their bag and just go, or would you? Think that um, there's a lot more research and homework, right? That a freelancer yeah. should take into consideration before even deciding, you know, which country to go to, for example, right? Um, so, which which approach? Actually, personally for yourself, which approach do you take? Is it something like just pack your bag and go? Oh uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> wow. a calculated one. A calculated it's one. It's a calculated <laughs> one. I I knew I had. Okay, this is just my personal opinion. I knew. Going on, uh, I was like, oh, I just came out of NS. I was like, uh, in my early twenties, twenty three or something. Yeah, um, I knew I wouldn't have a lot of chances to succeed. I I wasn't very. I didn't come from an affluent family. I'm gonna be honest. I I, I didn't come from. Uh, I didn't I didn't know people who's gonna help me out. I I don't have that. So I knew very early on. Okay you have to minimize as many of your losses as possible and maximize as many of your wins. So I had to research a lot. I had to research, okay, is this where I want to go? Uh, what is it like here? Is I had to research what kind of uni I wanted to go. I, I, I chose this uni because he had like a Macquarie University because he had, a, he had a very robust media course. So I, that's why I chose it. So I researched all these things and... Um, I just thought that that was probably the best route because if I pack my bags and go where I want to go, I wouldn't have ended up in Australia. I'm going to be very honest. <laughs> where where yeah. do you think you'll end up with? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's the thing. It's, uh, I, I have no idea. I, I'm not a big traveler, but uh, I, the places I, I want to go, I mean, I will go for leisure. That's the thing. I want to go to Japan for leisure. I want to go to Bali for leisure. I don't want to go there and work. It's like, it's, uh, I don't go to America to work. I want to go there. I just, I probably go to Hollywood. I've been to Hollywood, but I want to go there just like, oh, this, uh, this is the great Hollywood that I've heard about. It's not that I'm, I'm going there to work. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't want to go to, but for work, I had to research because if you're coming here to make a career, you have to put yourself down in front of the computer research where you're going, what's the location like, uh, how, how far, how, the bus routes, what buses you're going to take to, to school, to work, uh, your trains, what's it like living there. All these things have to be taken into consideration. Um, if I packed my bags and left, I probably ended up in Bali. I don't know. <laughs> it's not good. I mean, it's a good thing for vacation. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but for work, I'm, I think there are better people who work there than me. I'll put it this way. I, I don't think I'll be too distracted. 
<laughs> Great. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, no thanks worry. thanks a lot, Perry. Thank you for your time. No so, um, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, so we have come to the end of the sharing sessions. I uh, really appreciate your very candid um, discussions and sharing mm, this. Thanks for having me. Yeah. No, no, I really, you know, glad that you have, you know, um, made afterlife with stories. It's something yeah. that we are very proud of as yeah. well. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So um, to the audience out there, subscribe and listen to our show, Freelance Creative Exchange on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Check out our website and join our Creative at Works um, community on Facebook, Instagram, and also our newly launched TikTok. Be kind, stay safe, and we'll chat soon. Bye. Yeah. See you, everyone.